We are, oh God, just a week away from the October 30th release of the Alice Isn't Dead novel. I present to you now the final novel excerpt that will go on this podcast feed, although there will be a special surprise that I'll put up on the book release day next week. This excerpt comes from fairly late in the novel, so if you haven't heard the podcast and don't know the answer to some of the mysteries, there's definitely some spoilers here. I hope to see all of you at the 18-city book tour, starting with a free book launch event in Brooklyn and ending in December in New Jersey, and making a big circle of the entire country in the month between. Most of these events are free or free with purchase of the book, and they're a lot of fun. AliceIsn'tDead.com for the schedule of those. I'm going to let you behind the curtain and talk to you a little bit about the industry for a second. Basically, like a lot of art, the fate of a novel is decided by the first week of its sales. So if you are interested in this story, please consider pre-ordering now or buying it the first week it comes out. Okay, let's hear chapter 46 in its entirety. And that's where they found the baby, said Lucy, her eyes shifting right to see how Alice was taking it, or at least what was left of her. Jesus, said Alice. Nope, not even he could save them. They were quiet for a long time. That's horrible, but I can't do it, said Alice. I can't. You could kill her if you don't. Anything could kill her. Only one person can love her. Lucy kept bringing reports of families of employees targeted by Thistle, held hostage in exchange for information or sabotage, or sometimes just slaughtered, fed to Thistle's hunger. The message was clear. Keisha was Alice's family, and her employment was putting Keisha in danger. None of these stories were true, exactly, but Lucy justified this to herself by thinking that Keisha could well be in danger. Anyone could be. Certainly this was a dangerous job. Lucy couldn't have Alice bolting when she found out the truth about their war with Thistle, and there was no way to keep her from doing that while she still had her bond with Keisha. If Alice bolted, Bay and Creek would kill her and probably Keisha too. And so, maybe Lucy wasn't even lying, exactly. Keisha really was in danger. This was all part of a good cause. Lucy found that she had been justifying more and more to herself, and the more she had to do this, the more convinced she became of the righteousness of her cause. After all, she was a good person, and she wouldn't be working on the side of evil. I'm not leaving her said Alice with finality. I'm leaving the job. This was far from the last time she had said that. You know that won't work, Lucy sighed. Thistle will think that it's a ruse. They'll think you're still working for us, and you won't even have the inside information from us to give you a heads up. If it's just the two of you, without connections, without reinforcements, how long do you think you'd last against Thistle? I don't know. I only know I'm never leaving her. Lucy nodded slowly, making it clear the subject wasn't closed. Okay, forget it. Let's go over the mission. Surveillance, groaned Alice. She rolled her eyes. 
That's right, it's a sit-on-our-ass mission. They aren't sure of the thistle movements in the area, and they want to be. So we look but don't touch. Try to get a feel for what thistle is doing in somewhere this remote. Got it in one. Of course I did. I'm very good at this, said Alice. The whole foray was somehow even more boring than feared. They didn't see any thistle movement at all. At what point of watching nothing does one move from surveillance to stasis? Alice thought they were towing that line. They're wasting us here, she said. Personally, I agree. But who knows? Maybe something interesting will finally happen. That night, Thistle came. Alice didn't even have time to see them. It was Lucy's watch, and she dragged Alice to the car, her face tight and afraid. Alice tried to remember the last time she had seen Lucy afraid, and she couldn't. Even when they had first met, and it had seemed that Lucy was about to die, even then, she didn't look like this. I've never seen so many of them at once, hissed Lucy as she fumbled the car into motion. They have the road into here cut off. We'll have to try to drive deeper. The asphalt turned to dirt and wound its way up a few low foothills before settling into a valley where a grid of dirt roads had no structures on them, laid out for people and industry that never came. Theirs was the only tire tread Alice could see on the road. Lucy stopped the car and lit a cigarette. They waited, but no one was following them. We can't try to leave on our own, she said. We'll have to wait for extraction. Alice checked her cell. No reception. Shit, said Lucy. She had driven out here three weeks earlier and double-checked every cell network to make sure none of them reached this spot. All right, Alice said. They better hurry. Keisha's expecting me home in two days, and I'm not disappointing her. The two days passed. Then another week. No one came for them. Lucy would drive back the way they had come in and return shaking her head, trembling a little in one hand. For someone like Lucy to react that strongly, what she had seen must have truly been terrifying. Not a chance, said Lucy. Where the hell is Bay and Creek? I don't know. Lucy shook her head. I don't fucking know. Bay and Creek didn't come. Three weeks. Alice tried and failed to not think what Keisha must be going through. We have to risk it, said Alice. You think this will be better for her if you die? No, of course not. So they waited. Another week and Lucy came back frantic. The way is clear. I don't know how long. We have to go. They went. The engine overheating, low on gas, but they made it to a safe house. Alice took out her phone. Lucy put a hand on it. What are you doing? said Alice. Think about this. What are you going to say to her? I don't know. She needs to know I'm alive. That's right. She thinks you're dead. She'll have a lot of questions. So, where have you been? What happened to you? 
I don't fucking know. I'll figure it out. She started to dial and Lucy knocked the phone out of her hand. Alice punched her before she even knew what she was doing. She started to apologize and then didn't. What are you going to tell her? Wheezed Lucy from the floor. You need to have this straight in your head before you call. Alice picked up the phone and stood with it in her hand for a long time. Think about it, said Lucy. Maybe this was fate. You couldn't disconnect. You couldn't do it even to keep her safe. But now it's already happened. And what could you even say to explain it? Let her think you were dead. Do this work. Win this war. Make it safe for everyone like us, and then you can come back to her and tell her the truth. Alice screamed. She dropped the phone and screamed. Lucy let her. But Alice didn't call Keisha that night. Or the next night. She sobbed. Lucy went outside and smoked every time Alice started crying. Alice wasn't sure whether this was to give her space or because Lucy was annoyed by it. Eventually, it became too late to do anything. At this point, Keisha would definitely think she was dead. And in a way, she felt that she was. She wasn't a person anymore. She was a Bay and Creek soldier. This war had taken the relationship that made her human from her. All she had left was to win that war. Still, she couldn't ever convince herself that she was as hollow as she wanted to be in order to bear what she had done. Through sleepless nights, she would think of ways to let Keisha know she was alive. And then a thistle murder, brutal outside of St. Cloud, Minnesota. April snow on the ground, all of the news vans telling the grisly story to the world. And like a volunteer in a hypnotist show, who acts as though under a spell, but is really doing what they want to do the entire time, Alice stepped behind the reporter and looked directly at the camera. Go to aliceisntdead.com for information on how to pre-order the novel, including signed and personalized pre-orders, and also the schedule of the 18-city book tour. See you out there.